This is All Things ANSYS, a podcast from the technical support staff at PADT. Episode 104, a look forward into 2022 and news and events from the ANSYS world. Welcome back to our podcast and to 2022. I hope everyone uh, that has holidays around the new year was able to get some time off and hopefully spend some time with friends and friends and family. Uh, COVID-19 and specifically Omicron hit Arizona pretty hard. And although it was a good break, many of us had to spend a lot of it isolated, uh, unfortunately. But we're back now getting settled into 2022. It's been a fast start with our ANSYS team especially busy right out of the gate, which is good to see. If parts of your New Year resolution was to look for something new um, in your career, we're hiring in multiple positions, including ANSYS-related positions. We're growing our ANSYS sales team across the southwestern U.S., so if you know somebody that's interested in being a salesperson for ANSYS, please have them check it out. We also have openings for an application engineer for Flonex, as well as looking for engineers who know embedded systems programming, optics simulation, and structural simulation. So if any of those are exciting or you know somebody that might be interested in those, visit our career page at www.padtinc.com for those openings and several others. So we usually start the new year off on this podcast with a group discussion on what to expect in the coming 12 months, and 2022 is no exception. Uh, Please do take a listen to what the team is excited about. Well, welcome back and happy new year to everybody. Um, we're here having a, our, our traditional beginning of the year uh, discussion about what we're excited about in 2022. Um, I don't know about the rest of you and you know we're recording this in the middle of a, of a major peak in the Omicron. Um, it's, it's been a rough start to 2022, but, but not so much in the ANSYS world, I think. Um, so hopefully, um, well, I wanna welcome all you guys and um, hopefully, Hopefully you had a good uh, break and that the new year is treating you well. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and call around the room to uh, so you can introduce yourselves. And we'll start with Alexander Gavarov. Hello, everyone. This is Alexander. I'm a double E location engineering, and uh, I'm basically responsible for uh, anything to do with electronics. So HFSS, SIWAVE, that's all me. Um, and um, yeah, I located in Denver. Very good, very good. I'm glad you guys got some snow finally. Um, <laughs> yeah. Alex. Hey there, I'm Alex number two, Alex Moody. I'm also an electrical engineer. I also am an application engineer, and I also work in the high frequency electronics area. I'm located in Tennessee. Great. And by the way, we are we. If you go on our website, you'll notice that we are are always hiring uh, folks, and and we are hiring for electrical uh, type people like like the two Alexes, your name does not have to be Alex to apply. Uh, we'll take anybody, uh, doesn't, doesn't have to be Alex. Um, Josh. Hey everyone, so this is Josh. Um, I am a systems engineer application and support here at PDT. I'm in Mesa, actually very close to PDT HQ, so I'm enjoying the weather right now. Yeah, it was gorgeous yesterday. Miles. Hey. Hey, um, my name is Miles Atkins. I am also in the Phoenix area. Um, my expertise is also in uh, uh, systems engineering, primarily looking at uh, fluid networks. Um, and my uh, tool of choice that I that I typically am working with is is Flonex. Although I also play around with with coupling these uh, 
system tools with uh, with ANSYS products, ANSYS Mechanical, ANSYS Fluent, et cetera. Great. And then Robert in Texas. <clears throat> hey, this is Rob McCatherine. I'm a structural engineer and uh, application engineer with PADT. Been around here for almost four years now. And wow. uh, yeah, time's flying. Time's flying. And, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, doing good down here in uh, Tomball, Texas, right outside of Houston. Very good, very good. And Mr. Chadwick. Uh, this is Tom Chadwick. I'm one of the CFD support engineers, also work with some of the uh, system stuff, RSM, things like that. And I'm here in Arizona and been working for PADT coming up on eight years now. Oh. Yeah, the time dilation in the last two years is crazy because I would have said two years for you, for, for Rob and, uh, you know, six years for you. So I think I just yeah. lost two years. <laughs> yeah, we've all just lost two years, of, two years of our lives here. Just Rip Van Winkle through it all. <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. Well, the reason why we're gathered here is that both ANSYS and Flonex have new releases coming out soon. And we wanted to spend a little bit of time to get people excited about it. Um, you know the the uh, the releases have not failed to uh, ex to to have good stuff in them. Uh, it's it's every everyone uh, there's two a year now, and everyone has had some great stuff in it and all the different products. So I thought it'd be great to just sit around and talk about that. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and give Flonex a little bit of love and uh, and and let Miles talk uh, first um, because there's some cool stuff coming there. And, uh, we always think of them. We always think of Flonex second. So I'm going to put you first this time, Miles. So what's, what's, what's coming down the pipe that people need to be excited about? Sounds good. Um, so I guess, uh, I don't know that I can, I can specifically give any <laughs> details to the new release. Um, right. it is, uh, tentatively, uh, planned to come out, I believe towards the end of, of this January. Right. Um, but, uh, it's really cool to see, uh, the collaboration between Flonex and ANSYS. Um, Flonex is now a technology partner with ANSYS. Um, so those uh, those couplings are, are only getting stronger between the, the, the two tools, uh, as well as, you know, Flonex just becoming more, more and more capable as a uh, 1D, you know, fluid mm -hmm. network solver. Um, so really, really exciting to see more adoption and uh, uh, that, that collaborative interface between the, the different sets of tools. Yeah, I think it's it's accurate to say that we're seeing more and more customers who have maybe an older or an in-house uh, 1D code that they've been using for decades sometimes um, to couple with their CFD or to do quick and quick uh, simulation. And <clears throat> they're all kind of looking at Flonex to have a more modern tool. It was, you kind of saw that last year, right, quite a bit. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, where, where Flonex really excels is when we're replacing, um, you know, uh, Excel spreadsheets that, yeah. that are 10 years old and, and mm -hmm. nobody quite knows how they work. Um, so it's it's very, very handy to, to take in a, a commercial off the shelf software that um, is, is easy to use and, and has all the physics capabilities that you would expect. And keep all those correlations, which is why those spreadsheets yep. are so loved, and stick them into a modern tool. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Well, um, let, let's let's talk about uh, HFSS. You know, because because as a, I always feel I'm biased as a structural person, I always start with ANSYS Mechanical, so I'm going backwards this time. Um, so HFSS, uh, the electronics packages. What's what's the goal for these upcoming releases there? And I'll let either Alex answer that question. Well, I guess I'll just go start 
Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> probably do some cherry picking uh, to make uh, <laughs> life a little more difficult for Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, overall, usually every release which possesses means more accurate um, mm -hmm. models and results and more, uh, I guess, like less time consumption for solving and everything. So, so we're always trying to optimize the engine of the, of the solver. Mm -hmm. And trying to, you know, tackle more and more complicated uh, structures mm -hmm. to make it more accurate in this case. Because, you know, sometimes, well, you know, you look at them years ago and there's some structures which you still had some problems with, but not, not anymore, right? So it's every every year you get some upgrades in that direction. So, and, and then also there's also um, some other features which kind of optimizes the mesh, for example. Mm -hmm. um, so, so and then allows to do some other uh, techniques. Uh, from from what I remember, just just off the top of my head, actually, um, in the 3D layout, mm -hmm. you know, 3D layout, so they they have this new capability which came uh, from last year, um, from last release, mm -hmm. uh, is a fee measure, and so now now it's really, you know, getting up to speed in in that direction too. So now it's more um, enhanced. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so so technically, what what it's what it's good for is that for you know complicated structures with 3D. So let's say ICs, for example, when you have one wires, when you have some some um, 3D structures in there, stacked uh, different components in there. So yeah, I think I think HPSS is also trying to um, explore this new frontier of of getting into <laughs> close to semiconductor business, right? So because <laughs> we we have different <laughs> tools. <Yeah. laughs> And I was about to say semi semiconductor, but I don't think that's the... <laughs> so. So yeah, so I think it's uh, trying to fix that gap. Um, mm -hmm. And from the different direction, you have uh, op 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 optics, right? So they're coming right. from different direction. So that's a higher frequencies, and I'm pretty sure HPSS will be also trying to, you know, fix that gap as well on that side. So yeah, so it's basically trying to get better, better and better every every release. Good, good. Uh, Alex, any anything you want to add to that list? Alexander hit most of the big ones. The fee plus yeah. technology is the he one that I would have mentioned. But um, in addition to that, just maybe a smaller little tweak to HFSS, the uh, shooting bouncing ray SBR plus mm -hmm. has a, a new surface roughness model for the automotive radar. So as you know, when a when a radar hits a smooth surface versus a mm -hmm. rough surface, there's going to be a big difference in the returns. And so now HFSS takes that into account, which is for those who are in the automotive industry who are doing automotive radar, that could be a big deal. Yeah, very big deal. Oh, that's that's good to know. That's uh, a lot of, a lot of work in that area, and it just keeps keeps improving. Um, and, and you know, you get you, uh, uh, Alex Dander brought up the optics stuff, and um, you know, <clears throat> we we hope to learn more about the ZMAX integration, but even outside of that, um, all the different optics packages are adding more and more stuff. And I don't know, are, are any of you following that or is that somebody that couldn't make the call today? I can't, Josh, are you paying attention to the optics stuff? Uh, not really. Not really. By the way, the, for those listening, that is one of our job openings. <laughs> if you know an optics <laughs> engineer that's interested. Um, it, it's I, I'm watching the email traffic and there's just a lot of good stuff going on uh, in photonics and and even even at the quantum simulation level. So it's pretty exciting to see um, that and get integrated in the ANSYS family to do multi physics around devices that have 
optics and photonics in them. So I'm pretty excited about what we'll see. I think this, that'll be it'll be a big year, I think, for optics uh, announcements. So. Um, so let's, 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 I'll, I'll pick on you, Josh, since I already picked on you, <laughs> um, you know, saw more users adopt Sherlock this, this past in 2021. Um, any, anything exciting coming down the pipe from them just, or more integration with, with ANSYS is that, uh, other ANSYS products, is that where they're focused? Yeah, I would definitely expect more integration. Um, mm -hmm. I'll admit. I'll admit you've cut me a little bit flat-footed on Sherlock since I haven't been able to make the update presentation. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it's just kind of common theme from release to release is they keep making things easier and easier to access and you know, better documented and uh, yeah. Better integrated, better documented, faster, better geometry handling. Yeah. Uh, and and we'll, we'll put our usual appeal out there. You work with any kind of electronic packaging, and you're not using uh, Sherlock for your reliability uh, simulation. You need to be taking a look at it. Um, right, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if you know now that they have the skeleton for Sherlock pretty well defined, they will probably continue to add you know, new mm -hmm. packages, uh, mm -hmm. new geometry definitions, things like that. Good. So it's pretty easy to keep adding on to it and you know, just make it better all around. Good. What What about the Ice Pack products? Um, Anything exciting coming down that road? Um, pretty much the same theme. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of what I was sort of expecting for this year, which I guess we'll wait to see if it happens or not, is I'm expecting a lot more growth on the battery side of things. Okay. Um, so as far as electromechanical, uh, electrothermal, electrochemical, all of that, mm -hmm. that's been well supported by Fluent so far. Mm -hmm. And they've been moving that over to IcePack a little bit. Okay, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's you know more battery stuff you know specifically coming down the line, um, you know, know in both ice pack and fluid. So mm -hmm. I I look forward to hearing more about that. Yes or no, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, yeah. Everybody, I, I was telling some of my friends who aren't engineers who are all excited about all the electric vehicles coming out and saying you know somewhere there's a group of engineers kind of pulling on their their beards going how in the heck are we going to fit this in this car and how are we going to keep it cool and how are we going to make it last and simulation of course is the way that we figure it out yeah yeah it can be a tough problem is this yeah it's yeah. Really important. yeah definitely definitely um any other products you're following josh that you want to mention uh probably probably another big one is optisling Okay. Um, and again, yeah. you know, I, I'm kind of a broken record here. They keep making it you know, better to use, easier to use all around. I know they're adding some new buttons for like one-click optimization uh, where, you know, they, they had wizards in the past that would kind of guide you through all the steps that, that I thought were great, but mm -hmm. I mean, you still have to be fairly familiar with the tool to you know, customize them and, and mm -hmm. make full use of them. Um, so they're streamlining that you know, even further down at right. this point. Um, so it'll be interesting to see you know, how well that works and how many people are interested in using it. Yeah, the thing I'm seeing in the OptusLang world, which is exciting, is uh, the large enterprise customers. Are, you know, they, they've they've had it and now they've been using it for a while, and that's driving a lot of this uh, improvement for the tool and connection to other Ansys products. So you know, these big big companies that have every Ansys product under the sun are using OptusLang to kind of corral it all and optimize with them all. And uh, it, it really seems to be driving the the developers to to making it more usable and more capable and uh, more applications. So I'm excited about that. Yep. It's yeah, good. It's good. 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 Optimization is always needed. Um, so uh, CFD, Tom, what's what's coming down the road in that area? 
So there's a couple things that I've been uh, really interested in wanting to try out. Um, Fluent, they're starting to add in some uh, custom workflows. They've got uh, external aerodynamics uh, workflows um, where it's streamlined. So you can actually do things like um, put in angle of attack, free stream Mach number variations and do design studies on those things, not only angle of attack, but angle of, of yaw, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Um, there's also one for, and this is kind of sp- particular to uh, aerospace and some other specialized applications, but there's um, an icing workflow. Oh, so great. for things like uh, you know, wing wing icing, pitot tube icing. You know, so pressure sensors, the sensors, external sensors on aircraft um, historically have had problems that at certain conditions they can get iced over and stop reading correctly. Um, and so it's a big deal for the aircraft industry mm-hmm. to be able to accurately model that and predict when icing is going to occur. Um, not only in the wings and stuff like that, but in um, the fan inlets and stuff like that, because right. it can actually damage the the engine of the plane if you get a large sheet of ice built up on the on the intake, and then it that sheet of ice separates off and gets sucked into the engine. Um, right. It can cause damage. So modeling that, modeling predicting when the ice is going to form, how thick it's going to be, how it's going to change the the vehicle and all that. That's all uh, being worked extensively. Good. Uh, and that's yeah. Influent. That's Influent. Great. What was, what's the name of the solver that they acquired that's the core of that? It's um, uh, Fensap. Fensap. Yeah, Fensap. Yeah. So it's so great it's, to see that integration. Yeah. Yeah. So they're really working. They're really working hard. Um, to integrate that in, they're working a lot with NASA and with the other, um, you know, the um, academic world, uh, right. making sure they have accurate models for that kind of stuff. And one of the other interesting things that I saw in a presentation uh, about the new release is that they're um, working to integrate uh, Python scripting. Oh, good. So it's into, making it over there. Okay. Yes, yeah, so that they so that you can actually um, custom script uh, interfaces uh, and workflows into uh, the fluent interface, and you know customers that have a custom workflow can, uh, if they've got the programming expertise, can yeah. build their own custom workflow. So this is like the Pyansis and I forget right. the other. Yeah, that, I, yeah I, it's actually not, Py, It's actually I think they're actually calling it PyFluent. PyFluent. Okay, I, I I don't have my head around the the naming convention they're using, but it starts yeah. with Py and then they pick something else. But um, so so we you know we've seen this in in some of the other products um, that already had uh, good good APIs where they're putting this Python uh, and it's open. So we talked about this before in the podcast. It's open source. Uh, right. Python. It's not a proprietary Python like we were using before with Iron Python. So, um, pretty powerful stuff. And and we'll we'll definitely try and get uh, Joe Woodward on at some point in the next couple of months to to talk more about this effort because I think it's going to be a game changer because it's not just 
mechanical anymore, right? Yeah, it's the whole, it's electronic the whole, desktop. It's everywhere. Yeah, right. The whole the whole suite of programs they're trying to incorporate Python into it. I think <clears throat> that's that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. And then of course the other thing is that they're as everybody else has been stating, they're continuing to work on improving the robustness of the mm -hmm. the fluent mesher, mm -hmm. uh, making it uh, better in parallel. Um, if I remember correctly, they're actually working to incorporate the uh, GPU acceleration oh, into excellent. the meshing. Not that we so, can get GPUs because all of the yeah, cryptocurrency miners are buying them all. But <laughs> if you happen to find one, yeah, you turn off your Bitcoin mine long enough to use it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I mean, there's there's just a lot of stuff um, that they've been doing with uh, Fluent um, to improve it and CFX, the other mm -hmm. uh, flagship software yeah. city yeah tool. Yeah, good. Good. Well, we look forward to learning more about the details and those. Um, just uh, great, great improvements. And then, um, you know, la last but not usually first, uh, Robert, what's what's going on in the world of mechanical? Yeah. So mechanical's been seeing a lot of. I I kind of think it was like quality of life updates yeah. with uh, mm -hmm. with pretty much everywhere throughout mechanical. It's yeah. just been one of these situations where in the past I've been trying to do something with a nonlinear analysis and I got to like, okay, I've got to my, my P's and Q's here and then I won't do it in a new one and all of a sudden it works. And I'm like, okay, well, evidently we're a lot more stable with that. <laughs> and um, and I, I keep on finding that with, you know, with customers too. I'm like advising them, hey, do this and this and this. And it's like, oh, it worked without that. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> so <laughs> Wonderful. It's kind of, it's one of these things you, you know, there's there's a laundry list of these things, you know, whether it's ranging from, you know, solver times to nonlinear stability to, you know, adding more damping in different types of joints and adding stability for you know uh, off diagonal stuff. It's that there's there's a whole big list of things. And um, uh, otherwise, you know, they're they're still going through like you mentioned with you know the scripting and moving forward with Python and doing Pyances. Like that's still you know kind of number one on their hit list right there. They're they're rocking and rolling on that one. Um, as well as the other features they've introduced into mechanical or the or the past couple of uh, versions with you know changing what were you know mesh connections to be more like batch connections kind of things and mm -hmm. and having that on down the way and mixing that with uh, you know the welding um, capabilities that the weld modeling capabilities they've introduced within the past uh, two versions that was previously an extension um, so everything's starting to flow the right way and you know additionally with other products that you know kind of mechanical adjacent so stuff mm -hmm. like aqua you know right. aqua kind of suffered from you know still having the lots of little programs that are yes. uh, still attached to it and now they are you know baking that in um there's like three devs for for aqua so thank you those three four five guys so hard working um, people yeah hard working to get all that you know the old stuff and cram it in and also have that available for you know python scripting on down the way okay. um another thing i want to mention is uh you know discovery so discovery yes. is seeing more of the uh, capabilities that were within AIM being reintroduced into Discovery. Okay. Um, so stuff like, you know, beams and shells made it in this time. So, you know, you've got uh, beam catalogs that were similar to what, um, like sorry, shape catalogs that were similar to what Space Claim had 
you know, previously, you know, that's in. Haven't gotten too much time to toy around with that, um, but I'm plan to rectify that, you know, early this week. Good. Good. And uh, then as well as some other features like their Ansys has promised that, you know, the polyflow features that were within AIM before will make their way into discovery. And it may not, it's not this release, but uh, they're hoping it for next release. So that that's going to be a big one for people that, you know, did use AIM and are transitioning to, you know, discovery. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Polyflow is a tool that uh, is really critical. Um, uh, for those that don't know, Polyflow is a uh, thermal, I always get it wrong, thermal plastic or thermal set or thermal, I forget. But it's for blow molding and extruding of plastics. Right. Um, and um, let, let's just say that the it's an old fluid tool that had an antiquated interface. So they put it in, they put it in AIM, which was a huge giant leap forward. So when AIM kind of went away, um, and people still can use it in AIM, but um, now getting it into the the new discovery interface is going to be huge for those folks. Yeah, yeah it'll be big. Be big. Yeah, it'll be really, really big. All right, that's exciting. Um, <clears throat> so you did, I did want to cover discovery. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to ask you guys that I've struggled with, it's really not on topic, but I still struggle with it, so I thought I'd bring it up while you got all of you here, is what's the naming convention in discovery? So space claim... What is that called now? Well, it's uh, it's been changed over the years, so yes. it's <laughs> it's one of these things where, you know, uh, space claim is still around. It's going to be hanging on for the next uh, several versions. I think Ansys has a plan to kind of phase it out over the next mm -hmm. couple of years. Mm -hmm. But space claim is still, you know, it's like Ansys had a version of space claim, and yes. the space claim corporation has their. Yes. Yes. space claim. So mm -hmm. this is why Ansys is kind of differentiating that from a marketing standpoint. Mm -hmm. It's been mulling around with the name Discovery. So eventually it's just going to be Discovery. Discovery. So, and and that's get, the solid modeler and the simulation tools? Correct, correct. So there's okay. just, you know, three flavors of it because, it, you know, okay. there's the three tabs within Discovery. Uh -huh. um, so you have, you know, Model Explorer Refine. And so that's going to be the model mode is just mm -hmm the base level of discovery so and in, the thing is is that 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 version of space claim um, that we're all used to is mm -hmm. baked into discovery so right discovery is kind of stacked on top so right right so no features are going away it's it's a naming thing that I've that I've been struggling with yeah 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 exactly and it's it's yeah. been one of the things the Ansys marketing team has loved to play with over the past <laughs> two or three years yeah so but don't worry nothing's going away but yeah I I, I'm, I I that came up in my head when you're talking about it because it's been puzzling me for a while here um so that's good to know good to know um did we miss any products anybody wants to bring up or any features in some of the products we talked about that anybody wants to bring up I can just one, bring one more um, in our EBU side yes. of space. Um, so there's a you know EMA3D um, so solution, I guess yes. you can call it. So it's technically it's not like a Ansys product, but mm -hmm. it, it's still we you know we still responsible it and so we still can sell, uh, sell it. Mm -hmm. So EMA3D uh, cable. So now we also have a new tool in there. Um, it's called EMA3D charge. So what it does is basically allows you to calculate um, well, electrical discharge. So oh. usually applicable for aircraft and uh, pl planes in the in the sky, you know, so something which can be uh, hit by strike, uh, strike by lightning, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what you'll do there is basically you uh, you know attach uh, the location of the lightning mm -hmm. and see how it's going to behave in your object, right? So for example, if you're in airspace, you're shooting the 
you know, satellite out there in a low orbit, for example, and somehow gets those uh, those lightning strikes, which goes out, for example. <laughs> so, and then, you know, you can probably model that and see how that's going to react on the lightning. So, so that's something new uh, and actually really exciting, to be honest, uh, because I haven't seen any other tools like that. Right. And um, from what I know, there is a low competition in that area. So high demand, low competition, success. That's it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, really exciting. And it's funny because that's one of those questions that I used to dread getting when I did what you guys do now uh, from customers. Uh, can you guys model what, what the, the, you know, the, the current is in my wiring harness if I get hit by lightning? And we would just look at them and go, no. <laughs> you can't do that. Now we can. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Um, coming a long way. Coming a long way. Um, <clears throat> you know, I I will uh, will follow up with all you guys um, as as the products come out and and talk about once you, once you had a chance to use them and things like that and um, uh, plan this year to do a couple deep dives into some of these products as well to kind of uh, understand all the capabilities and features there that uh, people need to be aware of so they can be more efficient in their simulation. Uh, any any closing remarks or um, thoughts for the 2022? Okay. No jokes? Okay. Just looking to see what uh, Ansys will buy this year in terms of optics again. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I'm sure we'll see a purchase, and um, it's funny, you, you, you brought up uh, uh, that. Um, I'm, I'm really hoping that they uh, move into um, uh, injection molding. Uh, the, two, the two big injection molding tool and simulation tools out there, one is owned by Autodesk, so I'm sure that's not really an option unless Autodesk wants to get rid of it. Um, but uh, there's some up-and-coming ones as well. And, you know, we're inter we integrate with all those, and I bring it up because we're seeing it on the design side of our business. We're seeing more and more people trying to use um, fiber-filled uh, plastics, and so you use these tools to calculate what the fiber alignment is, and then import that into Ansys using that new field file format that they introduced about a year ago, um, and it's really cool. And it just got us thinking that it would just be really cool if this was an Ansys product and we wouldn't have to deal with another vendor. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> Hopefully it will. Yeah, I think that's one of the thing I think that's one of the one of the games we always play working with Ansys is acquisition bingo. <laughs> Figure <laughs> any, out what any predictions from you, Tom? Anybody anybody out there you think they'll buy? You know, um, well, Miles. <laughs> <laughs> that's what to say. <laughs> Flonex. I think that would be one of the things that they would mm -hmm. It would be interesting to see them do to incorporate it in and, and make it actually uh, integrated more tightly with Fluent mm -hmm. and just make it easier to run those kinds of things because there are some things that Flonex can model yeah. really well that are difficult to do with Fluent without, you know, especially the transient stuff without <clears throat> making a really large complex model. Yep. Yep. Yeah, so, for sure. Um, yeah. Although, although I like having Flonex to PADT. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so what about CFD? I think that's still on the table. I'm sorry, you cut off there. Uh, CFD++, what do you think about them? Do you think that's still on the table? Not CFD++, <sighs> yeah, CFD++, the hypersonic tool, yeah. Oh, well, I think that just that they're, they're doing so many improvements to, uh, um, to Fluent 
to yeah. improve its hypersonics capability that I think it's just making us uh, even more competitive. Yeah, that less likely. With, yeah. yeah, the yeah. you know, I mean, that's always been the one, you know, we have some customers that specialize in hypersonic stuff, and that's always been a limitation where yeah. we say, yeah, Fluent has the capability to do it, but it's not really... Right. You know, it's difficult to sometimes to get a converged solution easily with Fluent in that kind of speed regime. But um, with the changes that they've made and yeah. yeah, in the last two two or three releases, they've really focused on, uh, they, they've got a team that's focused on can making we, can it we say simpler. And hyper-focused on it? They're hyper-focused, yes. That's a good... <laughs> bad bad plan. So anyway, yeah, that's... <laughs> So I don't think that, I mean, in terms of other tools, I don't think that there's really any other CFD tools that they would. Some small thing we haven't heard of before. Yeah, yeah that there might be some small niche tool. I mean, as you described, some of the blow molding stuff, mm-hmm. there are some things with that that would probably be good to, you know, just to complement the capabilities. But um, yeah, I wouldn't mind them adding a civil code. Um that uh, I don't know. That's kind of your area, uh, Rob. Uh, you know, that the, not not so much for the solver because you know our solvers kind of blow all the civil solvers away, but the code checking that's built into those civil codes. Yeah, yeah, ab- absolutely. And like Mantis used to have a product that they inherited from the offshore industry to mm-hmm. do a little bit of that, and then yeah. it'd be nice if it was just baked in versus you know third party yeah. stuff. It'd yeah, nice. yeah. Yeah, it's a, if for those that aren't familiar with it, it's it's a it's in the civil industry, civil engineering, structural industry. They've got these standards that they simulate to, and it's kind of baked into those uh, purpose-built civil engineering structural codes to where instead of getting a stress level, you get these these uh, uh, industry standard values out that they can use and uh, called code checking. You know, do, do, does it does it pass the code? And uh, <clears throat> that that would be nice to have. I'm definitely yeah. A lot of proportional stuff based on spans, unity checks, mm-hmm. all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be good to have. Well, we'll see what happens. So far, uh, the only thing we got right in a long time was Emacs. So we'll see. We'll see <laughs> what what comes next. Um, well, thanks, guys. I uh, really appreciate all your input, and always good catching up to you. And um, best wishes for 2022. Everybody, stay safe out there, and uh, we'll talk to each of you uh, through the year. All right. Thank you. Sounds good. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, Eric. Thanks. Bye. All right. Well, I think a lot of good stuff is going to happen this year. So when a new release of ANSYS and Flonex are coming out, um, with all those coming out, we'll be holding webinars and deep dives here on the podcast. Make sure to subscribe to our newsletter so you know what is coming or visit the events calendar on our website uh, as we start having those things out. And we can do a deep dive into some of these products we just talked about. For a commercial today, um, let's, you know, it's the beginning of the new year. And it's a great time to set aside some time to evaluate your simulation needs. When was the last time you did a company-wide evaluation of what ANSYS products you have? Maybe it's time to look at some of the newer tools that are even more integrated in the core products of Mechanical, Fluent, and HFSS. Motion, Rocky DEM, OptiSling, Flonex. We talk about those tools on this podcast. Have you seen if they're a good fit for your company? Or maybe it's time to upgrade a couple of seats to full enterprise. And don't forget about ANSYS Elastic Units, the easiest way to get access to other ANSYS products and the ANSYS Cloud.
So regardless of where you are, reach out to your ANSYS provider, which we hope is PADT, and set up some time to learn what is available and look at reconfiguring your licenses to get greater capability in 2022. All right, looking at news, uh, there's not a lot. <laughs> uh, it's the beginning of the year, so not a lot out there. Uh, we'll take a look at the stock. So today I'm recording this on Sunday, January 16th. So uh, we're already halfway through uh, into the, the month of January. Looking back at the end of the year, ANSYS stock finished the year at $401. Um, it set an all-time high of 411 for a close on December 27th. And the following day, it set an all-time peak in the middle of trading at 413.89. So a uh, strong end to the year there. That 401 close was up 10.26% for the year. And that's not a bad return on investment at all. Although I have to point out that the S&P 500 went up 27.23. So the simulation stocks did not do as well as the overall S&P 500. Um, in that group, Altair was the only one that was that was above uh, the S&P 500. It was the biggest grower for the year in the, in the category that we look at. And it was up 29.72%. PTC was up 2%, and Autodesk was actually down 7% for the year. So really, Altair was that only one that outperformed the S&P 500 last year. Um, and it's uh, ANSYS stock is um, now down uh, to $348.54. That's a $65 drop from that peak of four, peak close of 401, and that's 16%. But year-to-date, uh, with only two full weeks, so not much to really look at, the S&P is down 2%. Uh, for year-to-date, and the uh, ANSYS stock is down um, uh, quite a bit more at 13.1%. So we'll see what the year has to bring. Um, I, as always, never pretend to understand why these things go up and down, but uh, that's where they are today. Uh, there's no news out there from the ANSYS folks, uh, just some, some announcements of some projects they did with some customers, but no news worth reporting there, and same for PADT. We haven't had time to, to make any news so far this year. So turning to the ANSYS blog, um, there's three articles that I think are great worth checking out. The first is called Enabling Fastest, Faster ANSYS Discovery GPU Simulation on ANSYS Cloud Thanks to NVIDIA and Microsoft Azure. So <clears throat> this is about how they reconfigured some machines on Azure to take advantage of GPUs and the very fast GPU-based solvers in ANSYS Discovery. So if you're interested in those things, cloud or computing or GPUs or um, the kind of solvers that Discovery uses, which run on GPUs, check out that article. It's got some good information in it. Another one that I really liked, uh, because it was such a comprehensive example, was from a, about a, a French research institute called Supergrid, the Supergrid Institute. And the title of the article is called The Supergrid Institute Responds to Energy and Climate Demands Using ANSYS Multiphysics Solutions. So it's a large organization that's using digital twins, using simulation, both very complicated uh, down at the bottom and then high level system level uh, as digital twins to uh, make a better uh, power grid, basically. And of course, thermal management is important, but all sorts of other stuff. It's, it's a great example because they're using uh, SCADE for controls, they're using optimization, they're using mechanical, they're using uh, uh, Sherlock. There are all sorts of different tools are being used uh, across the enterprise to uh, come up with better electrical grids. That's a great example of multi-physics simulation with ANSYS. Uh, 
<clears throat> and the last one I want to point out, because I, I like the title, is it's 5 p.m. on Friday. What is the status of your simulation project? Um, you know, we've all done that. We've all logged in and checked. Well, this article is about using Ansys Minerva to manage all those things, um, not just what your job status is, but uh, to manage the whole project that you're doing using simulation. Um, so if you haven't checked out Ansys Minerva, do check it out. Uh, it's a pretty cool tool. Uh, we really like it here at PADT. And uh, we have finding more and more customers that find it useful as well. We didn't really publish anything other than some Flonex blogs uh, since the last time we talked, but do check those out if you're a Flonex user. And um, upcoming events. We have one scheduled so far, which is Simulation Best Practices for Gas Turbine Design and Development. And that's going to be on Wednesday, January 26th at 11 o'clock Phoenix time, which is Mountain Standard time right now. So uh, if you're in the turbo machinery world, do check that out. That's a great event and uh, be a good talk about all the different tools that are available. And as we discussed in the... Uh, in the podcast, the interview for the podcast today, there, there's a lot going on in the turbo machinery world uh, worth knowing about. No answers events the, that I'm aware of. And that pretty much brings us to the end of this first episode of 2022 of our podcast. Um, we hope that uh, everyone is safe and healthy out there and that uh, things continue to get better in 2022. I want to thank everybody for listening as always. And don't for forget to subscribe to our podcast to our newsletter at www.padtinc.com slash opt-in and do subscribe to the podcast as well wherever you download your podcasts. Spread the word, let other folks know about it and never hesitate to reach out. Thank you for joining us for the All Things ANSYS podcast, episode 104. As a reminder, this podcast is not affiliated in any way with ANSYS, Inc., and the opinions expressed are those of the people on the show only and not of their current or former employers. For more information, visit www.padtinc.com slash blog, and please share your thoughts and questions through an email to podcast at padtinc.com. See you next time.